Merry Christmas and happy holidays to my fellow gamers. Today's episode is our much-wanted, I don't know if it's wanted, in my head I hear the voices that say, you want this. I don't have any idea if you want this. But we did a Monopoly episode for your Christmas happiness. And so, I don't even know what to say about it. Uh, the fact that we wanted to do this as a present to you guys should be enough uh, to give you an idea of what's happening here. I don't suggest you make it a drinking game. And also be aware that this is the first time I've just kind of let a show go without doing any direct editing. So I have faith in us and I have faith in what we did. So there's no edit. I'm not cutting anything out. Anything that we where we made mistakes, any little thing, you're going to hear it. But that's because we love you guys and we wanted to give you a nice, neat Christmas gift. And this is that Christmas gift. So... uh for Christmas, I give you an unedited Monopoly drinking episode. Ah. pass go do not collect $200 but stay with us and we're going to talk today about Monopoly on Rolling for Change. This is the drinking episode guys. I am joined by my co-hosts Josue Cardona. Hello. And Brian Peace. Hi ho. Hey guys uh, this has kind of been a long time in coming this talk about Monopoly. Uh, the dreaded game, the evil game, the most played game in the world, and the most commonly sold off the shelves of just about any store. Mm-hmm. And I felt like we needed to talk about it and, and air our grievances, identify the positives, and, and just uh, this is our Christmas present to those who listen to Rolling for Change. So we're probably going to get really silly, too. Drink responsibly, you know, I think. <laughs> do not Do not use this episode as a drinking episode, because otherwise... Yeah, yeah, Whew. yeah. We don't want. We're not. We don't want to be responsible for your alcoholism problems. Yeah, I know. I know. We do this. I'm. I'm curious if every other podcast about board games does something similar. But <laughs> the running joke has been that every time, uh, that the drinking game is every time we bring up Monopoly before we recorded. Yep. I, I was telling Woody like we should have a PSA. We should pause the drinking game. It is not okay. <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna say Monopoly a lot. Oh, Monopoly. You know, it's become so common in podcasts now that I think the last few times I've heard us say Monopoly in the podcast, I didn't say drink. Whoa. Yeah. It's like, it's just pervasive. It's part of the internal fabric of probably of gaming life, but of rolling for change in particular in this case. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Well, so there's so much to say about this game because I don't know what you guys' experience of Monopoly is, but I've played Monopoly much, very much early on in my life. I mean, it was like one of the most common games to get to the table. And I would say that, you know, it's the, like if you try to say what's the game in common, like what's the least common denominator game for everyone as a whole in our in the USA community anyway, um, in the maybe the European community. It would be Monopoly or, you know, some variation of cards, maybe checkers. But yeah. Monopoly's going to come up in your kind of your gaming genome, I think. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'd, I'd like to start off by saying that I have gone about 10 years without incident of Monopoly in my life. <laughs> and I'm very proud of that. 
Um, with the exception of Monopoly Junior with uh, children, that okay. I count that as something different. Uh, but yeah, I've been successful at that. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you. Hi, my name is Josue, and I've been yep. off Monopoly for ten years. Yep. Yep. <laughs> Celebrating. Hi, 10 Josue. Years. Yep. <laughs> I've been able to avoid it. I mean, I'm like you called it evil at first, and we always joke around about about Monopoly. But I've definitely like if I go to somebody's house and they're like, oh yeah, like I, I'm really into board games and stuff, and I'm like, awesome. What do you have? They're like, well, I have Monopoly. I'm like, no, 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 not that. Anything but that. <laughs> Something else. It's on everybody's shelves, but nobody wants to play it. I've, I so so recently I met someone who who was into board games, um, but very much um, like like he, he wasn't really familiar with uh, Euro games or or anything like that. He liked you know to him board games were uh, Monopoly cards, checkers, chess. It was yeah. you know just just stuff like that, and he loved them. Like he loved Monopoly. He wanted to to play Monopoly, and I I turned him down every time. <laughs> Yeah. How did you explain that, Hostway? So there was there was definitely like a gag reflex or something, <laughs> like, <laughs> like that. Like I had to like come back from where I was like, ah, oh, <clears throat> wait, um, okay. So like, like what else do you have? Like, no, we don't have enough time to play Monopoly. <laughs> there's there's no way that game takes weeks to play. We gotta work tomorrow. What do you what do you? <laughs> well, I mean, if you play the game by the actual rules, it doesn't take that long to play. I knew that was who, coming, Brian. Who, who plays by the rules? Like, I've, that's a. Oh, we I'll can go right into that. I'll tell you who <laughs> plays by the rules. I may have mentioned this in a previous podcast, but whenever I used to teach driving instruction, oddly enough, I ran into the I ran into the same thing over and over again. Most people who learned in America from an American play the game wrong. Most people from outside America who learn the game without any assistance play the game right. Because people because they read the instructions. Americans do not read the instructions because it's such yeah. a pervasive idea that we all know how to play the game that you always know someone who quote unquote knows how to play the game, who does not know yeah. how to play the damn game. Yep. It, it's true, you, but yeah. Go ahead. But if you're from outside the country and you don't have anyone to teach you the game and you want to play this you know, American game, you read the rules, you figure out how to play, and you're like, I don't know why people say this game takes so long. It's true. <laughs> so the original game, Landlord, nobody plays by those rules either anymore. Well, no, the Landlord's game is a whole other thing. Um, and Monopoly was based on that game, but there were some definite differences between the two um as a matter of fact the original landlord's game which um she let's see um it was um elizabeth maggie is elizabeth right? maggie yeah she yeah. got the uh, patent for that in 1903 based on the uh principles of georgism which was um an idea of how rents enrich property owners and impoverished tenants that sort of thing and she designed this game to try to explain to people the the um the ideas of Georgism to explain how people screw each other over using property. Yeah. And of course the um <clears throat> sorry. And of course when Charles Darrow got hold of it, he he was very much a um an entrepreneur and he capitalist he saw it in a com he saw he was a capitalist. He saw it in a completely different light. Yeah. First off, he saw it as an opportunity to enrich himself, and I don't know anything about this 
landlord's game. <laughs> I don't yes. know what you're talking about. And um, changed it from being um, based in New York to being based in Pennsylvania. And the chance cards originally had quotes from um, Andrew Carnegie and uh, Thomas Jefferson, among other people. And they stripped all that out and just made it a generic game. And the funniest part is they, the original Monopoly games were, um, he didn't even design those. Um, the original Monopoly game based out of um, Pennsylvania was largely a handmade thing that families would make. They would make these, um, these um, almost like uh, tapestry things that they would roll out onto a table and mm-hmm. just take whatever bits they could find around the house, which is why we have weird little um, metal bits to go around because you would actually take a uh, thimble or a little okay. a little car, a little toy car or something and use it. And you would hand make all the cards and hand make all the all the money and play the game that way. And he was at a friend's house and they were playing it and he thought, this would be great if I could make money off this. And so <laughs> he pitched it and um, the rest is history. Right. But Parker he did, Brothers he, bought it. He didn't create the game. He didn't even put it in Pennsylvania. <laughs> right, it was Atlantic City. It was Atlantic City. Yeah. Um, so um, there, was n- there was very, very little of that that was Charles Darrow's handiwork. He was just the first one to throw it down on a table and say, hey, we could actually mass produce this. Wouldn't this be cool? And of course, you couldn't use the landlord's game because you know that was that actually had a patent, right? Right, because she patented it pretty early. I think it was nineteen oh three when she patented yeah mm-hmm. uh, the landlord's game. Um, yeah, but it, it does actually what Lizzie wanted it to do, which is to pit people against one another and illustrate the the dangers of capitalism. For the most part. Except now um, society views it as a tool to help teach how to succeed in capitalism. There is some of that, but I think if you look at any particular game, and I think the reason we hate the game so much is because it does a good job of putting people in a situation where chance favors the rich, and the rich get richer, the poor get poorer, and families are broken apart, people stop talking to each other. It's... I agree, but you know, while while chance favors the rich, community chest often does too. Yeah, I mean, the game <laughs> was made to favor those who were able to actually do something with the the board and and successfully take on property and success. I mean, pretty much, if you the first person to get houses on the board is usually going to be the first person to win. There's no way to catch up. Yeah, there's just like even even though dice rolls are completely chancy and you know you've got a random generation as to whether or not you're going to pass by those places it's still crazy. And then we get the crazy rule of, well, if I don't see it happen, it didn't happen. <laughs> well, here's an interesting way to win the game. The number okay. of houses in the game is finite. Mhm. If you only buy houses for your properties and never buy hotels, the houses oh will not come back into the market. If you can get enough properties and throw only houses on them and ignore um, getting hotels, eventually 
you can potentially drive everyone out because they can never make any money because they can't build enough houses on their properties. That is gaming the game. That is crazy. I've never even thought about that. <laughs> well, if you're desperate for the game to end and you have a lot of properties, build a bunch of houses. Yeah, the Do trick not- is to have a lot of properties first, but yeah. That you have to be lucky enough to land on enough properties. Yeah. That nobody no, wants to you don't have for. to be lucky enough to land on all the properties. No, this is a game where you roll dice to, no, to move your no, pieces. No, no, The problem is oh, most, people, most people don't use the auctioning rules. Yeah, I knew that if, was coming too. And if you know how to use the auctioning rules properly, you can destroy people's hopes and dreams. So it's not like people aren't destroying people's hopes and dreams on that board anyway. Right, but this just gives extra oomph to it. So it's become. So I'm. I'm going to be completely honest. I don't even remember what the real rules are. Okay. Because you probably I've, didn't play by the real rules. No, I have. I've tried. Oh, okay. Which, okay. which and and failed because you go to somewhere <laughs> and they're like, no, it's not. You need to put money under the free parking, and you don't have no, to buy it if you don't want to, yep. and you don't have to pay rent. I'm like, wait, what? That's not what it says here. And so it it becomes so frustrating because you're you're fighting. I've had moments where people wanted to play Monopoly where I felt like I was crazy. Like, am I the only person who sees this here on this piece of paper? <laughs> How is this possible? And, and if, Monopoly made it so that every single game I ever play, I ask about house rules and what the hell we're doing. Because yeah. it, it becomes, it, it's just, like it, it transcends logic and the laws of physics and, and well, nature. <laughs> I will tell you, if anyone ever proposed, and I haven't played Monopoly in years because of this. If anyone ever proposes that we play Monopoly according, if we play Monopoly, I say only if we play according to the actual rules, no house rules. And of course, they have no idea what I'm talking about. I explain to them the real rules and they say, I don't want to do that. I want to have the money in the middle. So if you land on free parking, no, nope, nope. Lengthens the game and it's not according to the rules. You're not supposed to have anything on free parking. Free parking is because it's between the two most landed on spaces and you feel lucky to God that you landed on something where you don't have to pay anything. Yeah. That's all free parking is. You get nothing. Yeah. You lose. Good day, yeah. sir. But now, I mean, now Hasbro has even said, here's the house rules game, and we're going to allow you to play that. Like, now it's official that you can play house rules. I mean, not know. with me. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, like, how, how, how does a board game enforce you not playing house rules, right? There's always, you can always right. do that. I think it's funny that they, like, I remember uh, more recently I've played Uno and in the instructions it has variations. But yeah. those are variations like people were already doing. You know, I've played some crazy versions of Uno. And they all they all infuriate me just as much as Monopoly. It's because some of them don't, <laughs> yeah. like, don't like stacking and all this other stuff. I'm like, what? Oh, like the plus two, plus two, plus four. Um, well, that, that's like I'm sure that's one version of it, but things like, like I was able to put my whole hand down because like all these numbers were the same and all these oh, colors were the same. And yeah, like, that's like, that's the most that's the most uh, what, how would I call it? That's the most that's the most interesting rule that that kids have taught me is that whole stacking thing where if yeah. you have a handful of twos, you can play them all at one time. Yeah, yeah. That that's a crazy rule. I yep. couldn't play that way. It frustrated <laughs> me so much. <laughs> But Monopoly, uh, you know, for all the the derogatory we've given it, it really is the household game. There's almost no house. I'll bet there's. I bet if I walked my neighborhood and I went door to door, actually, I kind of like to do this just to meet my neighbors and find out what games they have. Do it. Um, I I would like to go door to door and ask them, "Do you have a copy of Monopoly?" 
And I'll bet the higher percentage would be that most houses have Monopoly. Yeah. And it is still, you still go to a Target, Walmart, wherever, and there's still Monopoly on the shelf in all its many derivations. Thousands I, of derivations at this point. I, I'm, I've fallen victim to wanting to buy a few over the years. Yeah. The intention of opening them up. No, I've never, I've never done it. I've always talked to myself out of it. But I've been like, oh, that Doctor Who one is really nice. Uh Oh, that Nintendo one is so cool. Like there are a few that I really, I think there's a Legend of Zelda one that I think is gorgeous. And I'm like, oh, because the pieces are different and the, you know, it's, it's branded. So it has, you know, it changes the names of the properties. And I think that that's really cool. The game is still the same, unfortunately. It it is still the same. (laughs) There's a Klingon version out there. Yeah. Although Gamer Monopoly is a little different. Uh, that's the Nintendo one, right? Yeah. That's the one I bought and shanked for all the, the, the uh, Mario Kart cars. <laughs> As I, I bought cur- this game, Hostway. I bought it because I have a game called Downforce, which is a racing game. And uh, I wanted Mario Kart cars to be the main characters instead of the cars that it came with. So I, I trashed a Monopoly in order to get those cars. Including nice. rare editions, there are currently a approximately 3500 um variations on monopoly out there that's crazy sounds about right that is crazy (laughs) and that's is that in the usa alone or is that the world over um as far as i know the world over i mean there's a um a 2006 FIFA World Cup edition. There's one, two, three Sesame Street edition. 007 50th anniversary. I know there are three. There are four 007 editions. Yeah, <laughs> Animaniacs. Uh-huh, I saw that one too, and I was like, "Really? <laughs> How did I miss Animaniacs?" I know. But here's the rotten thing about all these, and I don't know if it's a rotten thing. It, it seems to be something that Hasbro has decided. Those four corners will always be the same from every board so from the beginning of monopoly to to now the the recognizable piece is the four corners of the board the free parking the jail the go and uh what's the other one go to jail Mm. they always look exactly the same amidst you know klingon artwork they always look exactly the same Hmm. that's Hmm. actually made me really angry over the years Hmm. (laughs) Hmm. if there was another reason to hate monopoly it's that they can't even perfectly theme it bastards exactly <laughs> exactly interesting and now there's thousands of spinoffs i mean i don't know about thousands but um very early on i played a card game called waterworks which i think is a fantastic little card game of of stacking pipes in order to uh in order to creep pipelines um there's free parking the game yeah i had that i received that as a birthday present when i was really small it had like these little parking meters mm-hmm. for each player I don't remember how to play it, though. I may still have a copy somewhere in the garage, but uh, hmm. um, all those, the, like, they've taken almost every one of those main Monopoly areas and uh, created games out of it. Because I think there's the free parking game. I think there's a go-to-jail game. Um, all these different sort of side things. I understand there's a Monopoly game out there that is, a, like, a Hotel Monopoly or something like that that's supposed to be actually a fairly, fairly decent game. Hmm. I don't find that listed on my list of many Monopoly games here, but this is a huge list. I mean, Beatles Yellow Submarine, Bojack Horseman, Coraline. <laughs> it's just crazy. Yeah, yeah. So what's the value in keeping this game around? Why do we keep it on our shelves? Do, do, so do you have it on your shelves? 
I have two copies on my shelf. I have the Star Wars edition. Mm -hmm. No, I have three copies on my shelf. I have Star Wars edition. I have the Simpsons edition. And I have the shanked out gamer edition. (laughs) (laughs) Got it. What about you, Brian? I have one called uh, New Orleans in a Box. It's not an Opoly style game. It's kind of a an unofficial, I think, variant, but kinda. Hmm. <laughs> okay. How about you, Josue? I do not. I do not. Oh. I do not. And do you have an electronic version anywhere? I, that's an excellent question. I have like bought a Nintendo a version digital, or a PlayStation version. Yeah, I haven't bought a digital version of Monopoly in in probably over a decade. Also, like I'm sure, like on Nintendo or something, I had uh, we had a version, but yeah. I haven't bought a version of Monopoly at all in a long time, and I don't. I don't currently have one. Like I, I have a few board games, very, 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 very few, uh, <laughs> but Monopoly is not one of them. Okay. Yeah. Oh, I do have the Monopoly card game. Hmm. Um, I might have Monopoly card game also. Yeah. I don't but feel why, like I'm missing out. It? You're not you're not really missing out. I mean, nobody yeah. really wants to like it's sitting there on the shelf, and I can't think of any reason that it's there except for nostalgia. Yeah, and, and maybe it just has a place in our heart automatically, but it still sells off the shelves. Yeah, is it just selling to a populace that is completely um, unaware that other games exist? I mean, even in the midst of Target, where they've got things like Catan on the shelf and and Ticket to Ride and all these great early level games that are are very popular in the the european gamer sort of uh i guess genome is the right way to put it even amidst those it's still selling off shelves i wonder how many people actually play it you know like i've thought i've considered buying it just because it would look cool on my shelf that's okay so it's it's become an accessory now yeah i think so i think so look i have the ren and stimpy edition i am awesome even even if you play so like you, we all play games constantly, but there are also families who will buy a game, play once a year, maybe. Yeah, like Christmas, actually. Christmas yeah. is a big time for Monopoly, actually. Yeah. So I think, and I'm again, I'd, I would bet money that most people buy it and might play it once, open it, and then not play it for possibly even years at a time. So. Yeah, like, that that's probably uh, true. Yeah. I was I was at a I think I was at a convention I don't know if it was a convention or what it we were at a hotel and the hotel itself was not the convention hotel we were where we were staying it was a Sheraton I can't remember where we were at but I looked on the shelf and amidst you know a bunch of other really like common denominator games there sat the Sheraton edition of Monopoly I took a picture of it and sent it to Brian immediately I'm like look look look, look I can't get away from Monopoly <laughs> it's everywhere. It is. It's pervasive. And remember, I sent you a picture right back. I was st- that was the same time that I, I think that I was staying at a. Um, you were staying somewhere Florida. too, yeah. I was in Florida, at um, at a. Um, uh, I think you were at uh, some. Let me think. You were away for a trip with Ginger. So Susie and I were somewhere, and you guys were somewhere, and I think Susie and I were, I don't remember. Oh, I do remember. It was uh, Susie and I's um, uh, anniversary, and so we took an anniversary trip, and we saw that there at that Sheraton in whatever town we went to. And ours was from for Ginger's birthday. 
Yeah, yeah, and and you your picture I can't remember what it was. It was an upstairs bedroom, and on one of the shelves was a copy of Monopoly and a couple other board games. Okay, yeah, so it's 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 in every room. It's almost like the Gideon Bible at this point. I think I'm, I'm almost certain that I've seen in the United States versions of the game for every uh, major league and professional sports team. Also, yep. yes, right. Yeah. So mm-hmm. that's that's one of those things that like you just get a fan, right? It's like. Who knows if they'll also, even play it or open it. Also just... college teams. Yeah. 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 Uh, my first variation was Atlantaopoly, which hmm. wasn't quite Monopoly. It was played on a triangular board, hmm. um, but it had a very similar feel to Monopoly. And then, of course, USAopoly picked up all these and started making all these different, you know, city and, and team editions. So you can pretty much find, I would bet, I, I could be wrong, but I would bet there's a Puerto Rican Monopoly somewhere out there. I'm sure, I'm sure there is. Is this USAopoly, is that a official or is that um, like a knockoff? It's, it's a company that has licensed um, Monopoly from Hasbro. Got and I think yeah. I think that they were. I'm not sure if they've been incorporated into Hasbro now or not. Um, no, I don't think so. I think they're still their own thing. Um, they They make a lot of other games now. They don't just make... Um, yeah, Monopoly games, but for a while, they were making di- variations <clears throat> of Monopoly games. Yeah, hmm. now they're called the Op. The OP. They're not called USAopoly anymore. They're called the OP or the Op. Um, I guess that uh, calling themselves USAopoly gave it away too much. <laughs> we yeah. just make we just make hybrid versions of Monopoly. It's our oh, whole business model. Oh, that's right. They they're the ones who made the Harry Potter Hogwarts Yes. Hogwarts battle game. Yeah. Yes, they did. I like and that and game a lot of other good. IP kind of games. They get a hold of uh, a lot of IPs. Um The Thing in Fiction at Outpost thirty one. Uh, I thought about wanting to play that one. Do you know that's that's not available anymore? Really? It's gone. I, I've been looking for it and it's like hundred and seventy dollars on Amazon because it's now out of print. I know it did. Hmm. It made me upset, but uh, yeah. So USAopoly has made some good games, okay. um, but they they did start as sort of a means of taking classic games and reworking them into other things, hmm. such as Yahtzee and Life and Clue. So they've 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 been the ones who kind of took these games and made them various things. Yeah. I also, by the way, have a have a Hitchcock copy of Clue on my shelf that's never going to leave my shelf because it's Hitchcock. <laughs> Did you not pick up the Hitchcock Monopoly? Was there? I don't know. Was there I a Hitchcock know. Monopoly? <laughs> Out of the 3,500? I'm, I'm assuming yes. Damn it, Josue. Uh, <laughs> I, I'm looking. I'm looking for it. <laughs> There's probably someone made one on and sells it on Etsy. I don't know. <coughs> Uh, that that's always possible. I mean, uh, like Brian said, it started out being like homemade stuff, but now I, I'm looking, I'm looking, I'm looking. There is no Hitchcock, but okay. there is Hello Kitty. There you go. Uh, <laughs> I've seen that one. <laughs> so, what is it that besides you know the fact that it's it's a game that's stolen from a woman who was trying to explain uh, explain economic um, inconsistencies or what's the word I'm looking for? the liabilities of of sort of the the rich get richer model and besides the fact that it's 
yeah, found so, a way to social inequality, to, monopolies, uh, bankruptcy, yep. uh, all of these things. It was like a social justice exercise. It was an educational tool in a way, and yeah. it's uh, not that anymore. Well, I guess on reflection, it really is. I mean, the reason that Susie won't and her mother won't play with Susie's father anymore is because he was particularly good at just buying them out and ruining the, you know, making the experience a really hateful one almost. Um, okay. okay. And some people have that experience. That's a, you know, they start out with a good experience of Monopoly, and then they meet somebody who really plays it cutthroat, and the negotiation skills are no longer. Please don't, Uncle Ernie. Please don't do that. Okay, I won't do that. And, then, and those those tactics never work anymore because now Uncle Ernie's like, I am going to wipe the floor with you, kid. How old are you again? Five? I'm still going to wipe the floor with you. So so I'm curious. Like, I know that there's um, – we've talked about this game in the past. I've never actually played it. The Underground Railroad game, right? Uh, oh, Freedom, Freedom the Underground, the Underground Railroad. Railroad. Yeah, right? So yeah. so that, I think, is is very much like presenting like, – like that does what, what – landlord was probably trying to do originally versus what monopoly means to people now right i, right. I mean like I, i'd like to hear what you what you both think of that because like is freedom a fun game or is it still like oh no like we're we're, we're playing through an experience is okay. monopoly a fun game <laughs> <laughs> i kickstarted that game i have the ultra uber spiffy edition um i will tell you right now it is the answer to your question is yes. It is a fun game and it is a hard game. Mm-hmm. Mm. Um, it is a really, really excellent uh, cooperative game uh, with yes. a lot of push and pull because part of what you're trying to do is um, get slaves from the South to Canada, but you're also trying to essentially make some noise in a certain area to pull slave hunters away from where you're trying to get people through. And the way you make that noise is by moving slaves through an area so much that it draws their attention in one direction. And then you can move them through where they've left the gap, which draws their attention and pulls them back toward the ones you're trying to get through. Every now and then you get stuck in a situation where someone's going to get captured no matter what. And the most gut-wrenching moment in one of those games was one of the first games I played of it. And someone said, okay, we're just going to have to sacrifice these to get these across. And he just stops coldly. He goes, I, I just coldly and calculatedly decided to sacrifice human beings back to the slave market to get more human beings through on the other side. Yeah. yeah. The needs of the many outweigh the needs of the few. And then he just stopped. And we had a long conversation about, I wonder if that's what, if, I wonder if that sort of thing really happened where you had where people had to actually make a decision to sacrifice people who they were trying to protect because there were people over here with children who they wanted to get through. This is this is this is perfect. So in Monopoly, do you think that when people go to jail they're talking about, oh, remember when Uncle, you know, Johnny went to jail? Or <laughs> or when people go bankrupt, you think they're like, damn, I went bankrupt. Like I like I, I had to go through bankruptcy a few years ago. That's not like a fun thing uh, for, for right. me to play through. But it's never really come up in the middle of a, a Monopoly game where I'm like, hey, have you ever what? been bankrupt? It doesn't, feel like real bank- it doesn't feel like real <laughs> bankruptcy, though. It just feels like you're losing the game. 
Yeah, there must be something about Monopoly that makes it a little more plastic and less lesson teaching because you're only going to get that sort of disparate sense of like what it's like to be poor or what it's like to be rich if you're really deeply reflecting on it. Like you're playing it in a rolling for change way, not because it's going to change you, but because you're going in to make the change. There must be something we could do to Monopoly to make it. I mean, if you're going to say we're going to move it towards the direction of freedom, the Underground Railroad. There must be a way to make Monopoly so that it's a little more reflective. And maybe the first piece would be to get rid of the random element. I don't know. That's what I was thinking. There are a lot of games, a lot of financial games, where your plans get thrown out because someone screwed you over or because um, things just didn't work out in your favor. Maybe you didn't plan very well or there was some minor bit of randomness that didn't go your way. But Monopoly is so heavily skewed toward randomness that it doesn't really have the same sting because there wasn't much you could do about it. There's you not just... a field that you can really create a really strong strategy around the dice of the cards. You have to create the st- strategy outside of those things and hope that those things don't interrupt your plan. The strategy mm-hmm. in that game is around messing with other people's minds and convincing them to do what you want them to do. So it's a negotiation. It's a negotiation game. Um, it's part negotiation, but and I'm going to get into the rules here a little bit because please, we, please we, do. we had mentioned how no one really plays by the rules. And yeah. I'm telling you, if you play by the rules and you play to the best of your ability and recognize the strategies in the game, you could knock a game of this out in an hour. So so let me let me go through some of them and then you just tell me if I'm right or wrong. See if I remember them. <laughs> right. So if you, you roll the dice, you move forward. And if you land on a property that doesn't have an owner, you either... You have to buy it, and if you don't buy it, it goes up for auction, correct? Correct. Okay. Okay, is that true? You have to buy it? You must or buy it. Or it goes up for or auction. Or it goes up for auction. Yep. So that is an actual rule in the book then? Yes, absolutely. 99% of people have never heard that before. <laughs> the, re- the reason, and if you do that, the pro- you know, the, part of the problem with Monopoly is waiting for all those properties to get bought up. If yeah. you play with the auction rules, people think, oh, it just slows down the game. It makes it take so much longer. No, it actually- faster. Actually, it makes all the properties get bought up that much faster because yeah. somebody's landing on something. Yep. yep. And part of the strategy with that with that particular rule is learning how to effectively um, uh, negotiate. Negotiate. Part of that is looking around and finding out how much money people have. Let's say you land on Boardwalk. It's what three hundred something dollars. Let's say you look around the so, table yeah. and you let's say you look around the table and you recognize that you have two hundred dollars, and every and the high the other highest person has one hundred fifty dollars right now. So, so you have more. You have more. Oh, so you put it up for auction. You put and then it up. Bid everybody. So, so you and say save hundred. I'm not. I'm not buying this. And people go around and try to outbid. And the smart people look over and see how much money you have and say, Ah, I'm out. I'm not doing this. Or try to drive it up so that you have to buy it at a higher cost. It comes back to you with your $200 and someone has driven it up to 150. You have to decide now, do I want to pay 151 and get boardwalk or do I want or to watch let them that go poor broke. Sh- or do I want to let that poor schlub who just has $150 and is trying to gouge me pay that $150 and now they're broke with half of the set of property they need to build a house on it. The one of the ones that is so rarely landed on that it's not even worth buying almost like Baltic Avenue. Right. So you have to decide 
whether you're going to screw them over and make them pay that money or whether you're going to pay it and take it yourself because, hey, I have Park Place. Now I'm going to put houses on all of them. Would it also be better not to show the money, to not have money as an open understanding from everybody? That could make the game interesting. Is it um, is it a but, rule that you have to have the money um, display, uh, shown in a certain? Don't you have to lay it out in a certain way or no? I don't know. I don't know. Like again, this I, is I crazy turned to the stuff rules that... lawyer Brian. Is that is that is <laughs> it required that you show your money? Second, um, I'll come. Back <laughs> oh, to he's looking through it. <laughs> See, that, there are I'm few rules sure that I've, I've, I'm, I'm I've been almost positive about. the money is public. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, so if money is public, then that makes it. I mean, it. it I guess it's the the difference in the rich man in his top hat looking at the someone who doesn't have a tie and top hat on and saying, "Oh, I have more money than you." But it's but, like, but like, I, I, I kind of again, I don't know how many of these rules are actually real, but I, I remember always playing with the money laid out like in in individual, um, like mm-hmm. you know, fives. The same way it was in the bank, basically. Like at your desk, at your part of the table, right there in front of you, 5, 10, 15. As far as I can see, there are no rules as to whether money is public or private. So you can just hold it in your hand. So you can choose to make it a private game, or you can choose to make it a public game. Okay. Okay. So so if if I've played, let's just assume, like I've played 100 times Monopoly in my life. It may be more than that. But let's say out of 100 times, I think... I remember once, maybe twice, ever doing an auction. Auctions are so fun, though. <laughs> it's the only strategic element to the game. Come on, what what is wrong with people? This is this is why we're having this conversation, <laughs> especially when you're a kid, right? And you're playing like it's a family game, right? So so if an adult like you're at a family member's house and they're setting up the game, and you're ten years old and you're like, we're not doing auction, like. Now you have to do an auction. Everybody's like, get out of here. <laughs> okay, fine. We won't do auctions. I mean, well, that is, it's at that point where I say we're either going to play by the rules or we're not. And at 10 years old, you can't, it's very hard to do that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But if you don't play by the rules, it will take hours and hours and yeah. hours. Yeah. Another rule is there is no loaning money in this game. That's what, that was my other question. I was going to, I was going to ask, like, how open is it that you can just, like, Oh, you can't afford that thing. I'll help you out, and then you're like nope. screwing over, you know, someone else because you're helping, you know, your best friend with the money. Nope. So you can't do that. The only way you can get a quote unquote loan is to mortgage, sell mortgage houses, your and mortgage your properties. Yeah, and you so turn them your... over and get the value on the back. Exactly. Never done that. Which usually, once that happens, it's all down the hill from there. You might think you can come back from that, but I've never seen anybody come back from that. In the game I, or in real I life. I have. Well, in, in real life, I don't know about because I don't pay attention to, like, what happens to properties. But you, you've come back from that, Brian? Oh, yeah. Okay. Um, I, well, I kept the houses on most of my properties, but I mortgaged the ones I had nothing on. Okay. The useless ones. I just mortgaged the crap out of them, got some money. But I wasn't forced to mortgage them. I mortgaged them to get money to buy other properties. Right. Okay. I mortgaged them by choice as a strategic choice. You mortgage the property, you get the money, you buy more houses for the ones that you have complete sets of. Okay. And so once you mortgage, do other people have the right to buy the property out from under you? No. Okay. Here's here's how mortgage properties works. Here, here's how going out of going out of the game works. If you owe someone money and you can't afford it, you have to sell houses, mortgage properties, 
everything possible to get that money up. If you've sold all your houses, mortgaged all your properties, and you still don't have enough, the person you owe money to gets all of the mortgaged properties and you're out of the game. You are bankrupt. Okay. Then okay, it yeah, is okay. incumbent on that person to choose which how, which properties they unmortgage or not. Okay, so only the mortgaged ones. And then the others, they go back to the bank? Or? Well, no. You mortgage everything to get the money. Oh, right, 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 right. And right. if you I don't have enough money. That were then dealt out to the players. I will double check that, but I was pretty sure that the person who you owe money to gets them. But let me double check. See, this is what happened my entire life. An adult said, I'm pretty sure that that's not the way it's played. they go back to the rule book. I'm pretty sure you're making up auctions. And they're like, okay. So, and then, you know, I never actually played Monopoly. (laughs) And that might be the truth for all of us. Nobody ever actually played a a real game of Monopoly. Damn, this stupid game. (laughs) (laughs) You know, but to your point of making it more like Freedom the Underground Railroad, I, I don't know how you're going to reflect on being in jail or reflect on being bankrupt, or because you're, you're talking about making it more, more uh, ludotsly, that whole idea of living an experience within the game. You know, I've never ever thought about this until until this moment. So many times, another player is in jail, and you come by, and you're like, "Hey, hi." You know, like uh, in jail. Exactly, exactly. And then, but like, holy shit! I've I've worked as a therapist and in and in education for years, and now I'm like, I I know so many kids whose parents are in jail. I oh. I didn't know people, but I'm like, I never even thought of like, oh, let's play Monopoly in a session, and then that comes up, and that's like a like what? I'd never thought of this. <laughs> But I mean, those kids have played Monopoly probably and not even made anything of it because the, I guess because of the so cartoony look of the board that it doesn't even equate to their reality. Listen, get it's over just, the four corners it's just already. Negative okay? on the board. Get over the four corners. <laughs> it's still jail. <laughs> no, this is like, what if? Okay, so so right, we put ourselves in a position where, like, let's say again, let's say that this is therapy, and they're like, oh yeah, I like Monopoly. Let's play. Or you're one of these therapists who only has Monopoly in the feeling, talking, doing game or whatever, right? <laughs> and the kid's like, no, I'd rather play Monopoly. The jail thing comes up. You're just thinking of it as a game. The kid may very well be thinking, again, assuming that this is a child who has a family member in jail. Right. And you just, like, we just, like, it just, they didn't say anything, we didn't say anything, and, and like, oh, man. It's just this a is, moment that passed by that we missed. It's a missed opportunity. This is messing with me right now. I need to, I need to take some notes. <laughs> Whoa. We're talking about the most pervasive game in the world, right? We're saying that right. everybody. <laughs> and then the go to jail, there's no real reason for going to jail except a random chance puts you there. But Which, you know, there's some later, social commentary. Later in the game, later <laughs> in the game you want to go to jail. That way you don't land on anybody else's well, property. Well, that's true. Sometimes it's a, it's a value to go to jail in the game because you, you save yourself from property. <laughs> so better to be in jail than to be down there on Park Place and having to pay their rent. Maybe I that's, uh, I don't know if that's how some people think about it or not, but I, well, what, I don't what, mean what, within the game. I mean in life, like well, it's better to be in jail than well, to what, have to deal with rich Uncle Pennybags who wants to kick me out of my house. 
right? Well, what if it becomes like, you know, like we th- there's a version where you change jail to just be like homelessness, you know? You're like, oh, yeah. Oh, no. You know what? I'd actually rather this option over here than because I can't afford all these other. <sighs> I'm sure, I'm sure, like, I'm assuming that a game that started with this like social justice mindset, social commentary, I'm assuming that there have been multiple versions, you know, even just as class projects and things like that, that that touched on a lot of these ideas. I've really been just so averse to monopoly over the years that I haven't really paid attention to that. But now I'm, I gotta, I gotta do some research. (laughs) Okay. Here's the bankruptcy rules. I was right. I was right. If you have, if you don't have enough money to pay someone, You mortgage, you sell all your houses, mortgage everything. If you still don't have enough, you are out of the game, and the person you owe money to gets all the properties. However, they must immediately pay 10% of the value of the properties to take them in interest. They have to pay the interest. They may then immediately unmortgage those properties. If they decide to hold on to them till a later turn, they're going to have to repay that 10% with as you know as part of the uh, unmortgage okay i'm mm. also thinking now Josue, that the the cards the chance and the community chess cards need to be a little more reflective and not so chancy oh oh one more thing if you yes. owe the bank and not another person uh-huh. You do all the same things, but the bank gets all your properties. and The bank gets e- the property, right? And, and then they em- can sell it, though. And, and then they are immediately auctioned off one by one. Oh, okay, okay. So oh. one way or the other, all those properties are going to someone. What if the property has a a house or a hotel on it? You have to sell the houses first. Yeah, because that's how you're going to you get can- that, er- that early money. There's a, the, On the back of the mortgage, it says the price for hotels and houses. Yeah. Gotcha. If if you um, basically you can't mortgage a property until you've sold all the houses and hotels on it. Got it. Got it. So in order to get the money, you have to sell the houses and hotels first. If you still don't have enough, you mortgage properties until you have enough. If you still don't have enough, the person you owe money to gets all of them, but they have to pay 10 percent interest or they go to the bank and they're auctioned off immediately. OK. So what about free parking? That's bullshit, right? That there's money under free parking? Absolutely Free parking bullshit. is just free parking. Okay. The Burgundy, it's just a free space on the board of safety. The, um, I think they're the orange and red properties are some of the most landed on properties in the entire game. They also have pretty steep prices for rent. Statistically, why is that? I, I mean, I know that's a question you can't immediately answer, but I mean, it, it, if there's the same number of spaces on the board and the, the dice are rolled the same way, there's no reason for there to be a particular gravity to one side or one area of the board. Well, here's why. The um, On that side of the board, um, there are those three and then another three immediately on each side. Now, if you're looking at the properties on the opposite side where Go is at, there are only two properties on each side. So they're less likely to be landed on. Okay. Um, on the other side, there are three properties that you can land on, but they're not as financially debilitating if you land on them. Okay. All right. So, and I have, I can honestly tell you, I have no idea why statistically people don't land on the green and yellow properties 
all that often. Because yeah, you that's, think, that's an interesting thing. But here, but the reason why it's not as financially debilitating is because it costs so much more yeah. to put houses and hotels on those three properties that it's more rare for them to get hotels and um, houses. Those so dice the, roll that way because this is the way the gods want it to be. Right. So it's not statistically more likely you're going to land on it, but it's more statistically likely that you're going to land on it and it'll be financially debilitating to you to land on the uh, the orange and uh, yeah. red properties. I actually like the idea of, of specific gods, just monopoly gods who are sitting there making people's dice roll that way because this is the lesson they want to teach humanity. Yep. Yep. <laughs> Yeah, free free parking. When you land there, you're just happy to be landing on a spot where you don't have to pay anything. Chance and community chess. There's a chance that you're screwed. <laughs> yes, there is. Free parking. There is no chance that you're screwed. Everything's happy and hunky dory. But um, how how have you guys played the again this idea that there's money that goes there? Is it the two hundred from Go? No. It's... Some people put five hundred there. Yeah. But why? But why? Some because people, I, it became a house rule for some reason. I think yeah. it was because, you know, th to mitigate the fact that there was so much debt going on and why shouldn't somebody collect those taxes? Because people put the luxury tax there. They put, sometimes they'll put community chest or, or chance things there. Well, I mean, the other thing is, doesn't it feel kind of anticlimactic in a, in a game where every single space does something to have a space that does nothing? Yeah. Yeah, that's probably true, too. I mean, it even happens in Talisman, which is another roll-and-move kind of game. Mm -hmm. There are spaces on that board where it's just like, nope, nothing happening here. People want there to be something happening. Whenever we used to play, whenever I was a kid, it was when you it, you start off with 200, because <clears throat> that's what you get whenever you pass go, so you just put 200 in the middle, and every time you have to pay taxes to the bank, it goes in the middle. Yep. yep. You, yep, could, yep. Land on, you could land on free parking and get thousands, and be almost bankrupt and then boom you're back in the game which makes the game last days <laughs> it's true <laughs> no seriously true. we started off in the morning played monopoly went to get lunch came back had we had to go back home and have dinner came back the next morning and if the dog hadn't walked across the board and messed everything up you just kept playing i know this is this is one of the reasons why i hate monopoly so yeah. not there's a lot of there, there's a lot of of crossover whatsoever except for the roll and move aspect the other long game that i've played is talisman Yep. Well, Roll okay, Twilight games. Imperium, but that's a whole different world. Twilight Imperium, you actually have fun the whole time you're playing, though. <laughs> yes, that's that's true. And Monopoly can be monotony. Uh... <laughs> By the way, it, it's a travesty that this didn't happen after the movie Clue was made, that Monopoly was made where Brian Doyle Murray played Rich Uncle Pennybags. Yes. That <laughs> it's would be a travesty. Awesome. Oh, 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 oh. I did want to tell you... Um, there was an Alfred Hitchcock clue. Yes, I have it. That's the one I was, talk I was I'm talking. I'm just saying. About. I'm just saying there is no. Um, you were saying there was no monopoly. I said, yeah, but there is a clue. So, <laughs> no, no. Hasbro yes. did he said get there an was Alfred a clue. Hitchcock in there somehow. That that is sitting on my my shelf and it will not ever move. I, yeah. Even, I mean, I, I think I not still even like to play it a little bit uh, to play it maybe. <laughs> but I mean, it's not a it's not a great deduction game when it comes down to it. No, it really um, isn't. There's much better deduction games, but since it is Hitchcock and since it is themed so perfectly well, it will never leave my 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 holdings. It will just always sit up there in this vaunted space on on the shelf. Guess who is a better deduction game than Clue? 
<laughs> really? I don't know if I think that. I will tell you what's what is actually a better one though. Mystery at the Abbey. Yes, I, I believe so that fun. that one is. Yeah. I I only like to play it every so often. I have to be in the mood for that one. But if if I'm feeling a little scattered, there's no way I'm playing that game. And I feel a little scattered a lot of the time, so. Well, there Okay, we've somehow gotten a clue, but there is a really good clue game that is uh The Great Museum Caper, is that what it is? Yeah, uh-huh. Yeah. That one's that one's worth playing. Or a Cluedo maybe is what it was called at some point. No, Cluedo is just the European way to say Oh, okay. Clue. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so it's not It's the same game. You know, and the interesting thing about this podcast, we're talking about Monopoly, but I had actually initially planned on it being like, let's talk about classic games, and we're not really going to get to that with with Clue and these other things. But um, I I like the idea of recontextualizing Monopoly so that it's going to have the same kind of impact as something like Freedom the Underground Railroad, and so that we're going to recognize the spots on on that game that could potentially elicit a reaction of of memory or trauma or whatever it is to be used in a safe kind of therapeutic setting. Yeah. I just don't know if roll and move really works for those things. I mean, you do that with a lot of like seeing or healing, feeling, doing kind of games, the thinking, feeling, doing games where it's like you're rolling and moving and you're getting to some random spot where, you know, a child may be tricked into this therapeutic game, but older children are going to be like, uh, I see what you're doing here and this sucks. My, Can we play Monopoly? Uh, yeah. My girlfriend, she did her master's and had a class called Games for Change. And she, as a team project, they they designed and created a game. Um, none of them were tabletop gamers, but they, they ended up making a, a roll and move game to address issues of sexual assault. And okay. It was designed as a, the story was a family on their way to the beach. It was called Reach the Beach. Okay. And uh, there were, the. it was designed so that parents would play parent characters and kids would play kids characters. But basically it's what you just said, like it's, it's a roll and move. So there's too much chance. It's like, if you want to talk about something in particular, You've got to, right? It's like there's a possibility that that'll never come up. That's uh, true. Because and so even the therapist is at the at the the mercy of the randomness. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Um, and you know this idea of a classic game. The reason why I've played Clue in the recent years is because, again, my 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 brother-in-law who, as a kid, played Clue and liked it and has never really played any other board games at all bought it to play with his daughter so my niece has has played like i was so happy when her grandmother gave her the kids version of ticket to ride because it was Uh, i I felt i was like oh this is like this is the first non-classic like like there's a cycle right like everybody plays monopoly because you know as a kid like you're given monopoly and you're gonna play monopoly before you play uh something like ticket to ride but then she was playing right. Clue, and like she was super into Clue, and I was like, "Oh, like it's been so long since I since I played Clue." So there's these games that just like keep getting recycled, <laughs> socially, yeah. and they keep getting, yeah, yeah, they keep getting given over and over again, and that's why we keep getting exposed to them. And then again, if the parents don't know the rules, like this cycle just keeps going. But it was it was so cool to to play Ticket to Ride with my niece, and I'm sure nobody's ever played it with her except when I'm there, because 
because it's not Clue, because it's not Monopoly. Right. Hmm. Hmm. I wonder what the first roll-and-move game was, because obviously when uh, the Landlord's game was made by uh, by Lizzie, uh, it I, it was roll and move then also, and so I'm wondering. She didn't do the first roll and move game. So when did we start roll and move games? Because this is a really randomized thing to do roll and move, and I think it's great for kids because for kids it's not a decision making process. I am, and as a kid, let's face it, you're kind of subject to the whims of adults anyway. So roll and move is totally just a normal thing for you. Like, okay, mom and dad said we're going to go to the store, so we're going to go to the store. I don't have a choice in that. The dice say so. Yeah. But as you get older, you're starting to feel like, well, I should have some choice here. I should be able to rebel against this. Yeah. Maybe Euro games are the ultimate rebellion against those roll and move games, and particularly Monopoly, since Monopoly is probably a lot of people's first roll and move. Yeah. Oh, besides maybe shoots and ladders. Candyland. Candyland, shoots and ladders. Yeah. The same yeah. kind of thing, right? Yeah. I think. Yeah. I don't know. It's painful to play like Candyland as a as an adult. <laughs> like to what you just said, right? It's like, oh yep. no, I need I need some agency here. What is this? No, 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 no. You want to know the you want to know the worst game to play as an adult? I thought I thought you were gonna say no, no, no. You just don't know the rules of Candyland. <laughs> no, no, no. Know, Candy you don't Land. know how to how to really as play an, the game. As an adult, you can. There's a strategy. You use, yeah, use <laughs> there is a strategy to playing that game with a child is to stack the deck. That is how you play that game. The worst one is freaking Hi Ho Cherio. Oof. Oh my God! Oof. You're depending on the spinner. With Candyland, you can before you play the game stack it up so that the kid wins in 15 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> and it has you its can't... purpose, right? You teach colors, you teach counting, right. you teach. Yeah. You know, it has its purpose educationally. Shoots and ladders, Candyland, those things are educational. I have no problem playing those. But Hi Ho Cherio, the only well, it was good for counting. It was also good for brain hemorrhages. So yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's true. It's true. <laughs> I don't remember playing. Hi- I mean, I remember Hi Ho Cherry because it had the trees and you put the little apples in the trees thing. But I don't remember or the cherries. I've never. But played. I don't remember much about what it actually did. Yeah. Um, but I, I have a soft place for it in my heart. I mean, like I like I'd look at it on the on the game shelf and be like, oh, they still have Hi Ho Cherry. Cool. <laughs> right next to Hungry Hungry Hippos. Cool. This is this is kind of an aside, but like I've been averse to 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 dice in general <laughs> because okay. of because of randomness and chance and, and things like that. And the other day, I was watching a video of someone showing how to test your dice, uh huh, to to make sure that they don't have. Um, I guess the Bias? term "loaded dice" means that there's an uh-huh. air bubble inside. Yeah, I didn't know this, and he was showing how to test it like in a cup of water. To and see if it's actually loaded or not. I was like, "What? What? I've never checked any of my dice in my entire life." <laughs> like, not only was it not actual chance, it was like it was loaded chance. Like, unbelievable. Yeah. <sighs> and I don't know how many dice actually get stuck that would like like just bad manufacturing, and yeah, as a result, don't have proper balance. Yeah. So they favor you know something. I think that's a lot of reasons why. I mean, there's a lot of there's a lot of superstitious reasons why people have numerous dice bags and numerous dice for their their role-playing games yeah. <laughs> and why people like i was at recently at a convention where they had you could buy your own uh dice tower and it had in it it had a jail of shame for the die so that <laughs> any die that you didn't like you could put it in the jail of shame and other dice would pass it by as they were going to roll and it was just sitting there in the in the jail of shame wow okay <laughs> but i mean people microwave their dice people 
uh, shame their dice in front of other dice. And I, I've done this too. Like, you, you can't do that anymore. You're out of the game. I want to use this other die. It, sh- it shouldn't surprise you that I use a dice app on my phone. It, it doesn't at all. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the best way to get away from dice that are weighted one way or the other are to get those clear dice so you can actually look through it and see if there are air bubbles. Yeah. The, the non-clear ones have an outside coating with an inside core, and the core can be weighted one way or the other. Oh, with now cl- I want to cut open a die really badly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I can imagine you know, once you get to the point of being really connoisseurs of dice, you have this big, almost jewel-like thing you put over your eye and look into the die and... <laughs> this is a pure die. I will use this die. Yep. I will it. kill the monster with you this die. You smell it. Like, okay. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> All right. So I'm going to answer your question. Which one? Because I have a asked, bunch. There is the very first recorded. Oh, good. Okay. The very first recorded roll and move game was called Chupu from uh, China. It was uh, designed in 220. Uh, 220 CE. Okay. However, the first one that is still commonly played today comes from the year 400 CE. It came what, from what India. What does CE mean again? I forgot. People started common using era. CE now. Common, common era. Common era. That's and what BCE we used to call. is before the common era. BC. AD. BC. AD. Gotcha. AD? Yeah. Okay. yeah. Oh, that's what we used to call AD? Yeah, BCE Anno is Domini? before the common era. Yes. Okay. Oh, BCE. Okay, yeah. BCE is before the common era. Yeah. AD stands for Anno Domini, which is um, Latin for in the year of our Lord. Yeah. So for a more secular thing, they've just started calling it CE. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm too old to... to, I don't know when that change happened, so I'm still... Okay, thank you for explaining. I can't do metrics, and I can't accept CE. (laughs) I'm older than you, Osway, so your your (laughs) argument is invalid. Okay. Anyway... The year four hundred A.D. or C.E. If you uh-huh. know how to, if you know how to change, um, <laughs> created in India was called Pachisi. Oh, or, okay. Or more commonly known, Parchisi, however yeah. you want to call it. But that one was designed in the year four hundred. It is the second recorded roll and move game in Board Game Geek. Okay. And, you know, randomness, of course, is, is very early games because the first dice were actually bones. Right. Yeah. Those had to be weighted in some way. Yep. Nobody's oh, carving yeah. those bones to make them perfectly weighted. <laughs> well, I mean, even even in um, the Christian Bible, um, whenever uh, Judas committed suicide, they needed to decide who was going to be the new um, the new number 12. They cast lots. Okay. Basically, they roll, they played a dice game for it. And in those times, dice or any other thing you would cast lots with was considered to be luck. And there was, since there was no such thing as luck, quote unquote, it was the God's favor. It was the you. God's favor, yeah. Yeah, it was God's favor if you rolled and did well at the game. So for them, they weren't playing luck games. They were playing to show that they were favored by the gods. Yes. The gods have hated me my entire life. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't going to say anything, but yeah. <laughs> who would I piss off in a past life? Whoa. Yeah, you're on the list, man. You're not on the dice list. <laughs> Damn. So many re- revelations today on this episode. You're like the Eeyore of dice playing. 
Okay. One again. Okay, going <laughs> I back guess to I'll move one. Oh, going back to monopoly rules, by the way. Part of the game is swapping or selling properties. Okay. Trying to oh. say, oh, okay, you need this property to get a set. I need that property to get a set. Mine is worth more than yours, but it depends on how much you want it. If you want yeah. it, we'll do an even trade. I wasn't sure if that was something that was just made up over the mm -hmm. years or nope. if that was a real thing. So, so you can is, buy and is... sell and trade properties. However, you cannot do that if there are any houses or hotels on it. So you have to sell all the houses uh, and hotels. Okay. Then you can trade and buy. This is confusing so. because it feels just like the lending money or going back and forth part, right? So so you can't actually exchange money, but you can trade properties. Can you do yes. that in any – Like, does it have to be on your turn? Can it be at any time? Does, is there a tax? I think or? it can be done at any time. Typically, to save you know to save time, people just allow you to do it any time. But there, I don't think there's anything about it being on your turn. Got it. I think in Catan, you're able to do you're you're able to negotiate a lot of things on your turn. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But it, it's not like on your turn you can say I have this for this. Will somebody give me this? Right. Um, well, that, that was designed like that to be was a taken from Monopoly. Game. Actually, yeah. when I think about yeah, it, yeah, it really was. Um, but the nice thing about, about that is in a game where no one's able to get a set, it allows you to get a set, which ends the game faster. Yeah. So it's, it's a strategy that's been put in place in order to end this day long game. Yes. <laughs> I'm thinking and now, also that because I, now that I think about it, I'm thinking Catan might be the spiritual successor to Monopoly. It is. It really is. It ends friendships about as much too. That's that's true because people have wheat monopolies or people and there's even monopoly cards in the game. Oh my god, I'm having a revelation. Bum bum bum. <laughs> and you know, I think we could do a whole episode on randomness and the value of randomness in games because I get what you say, Josue, about not liking dice games. But most games, unless you're playing like four X game, not four X games. Uh, what are they? Eighteen XX games. Most games have some element of randomness to the game so that there is kind of um, a not a completely strategy feel to it. So you can play strategy around the rules or you can play strategy around the cards and the cards may or may not have some real impact on the game, but there's still that element of this will be a different game each time. And I think that's the purpose of the randomness. Yeah, I don't have a problem with um, randomness if it's a modifier. It's like, okay, like... Like this, this is gonna hit harder or or softer, right? So things like the the difficulty ebbs and flows. What I have a problem is like, go like go to jail, don't pass go, do not collect two hundred dollars. Right? It's like yeah, just uh, randomly landing on those things yeah, that yeah. put you in a bad space. So you can lose, right? Like it, it could completely ruin. Like I understand something like having to make me adjust the strategy and something that completely like. I've talked in the past about games where like you have to swap hands. Like, get out of here! No, I'm not swapping oh, yeah. hands. You know, it's like I'm building something, and and you know, so there's a there's a degree to it that I that I've come to learn to appreciate. But um, yeah, in general, chance makes me feel a little uncomfortable. But I, but I've I've come to terms with it. How do you feel about it in like role playing games? Because that's it's very integral to a role playing game. Yeah. So so that's I'm still coming to turn. I'm a very new uh, tabletop RPG player. Yeah, and I am I'm still coming to terms with it, but in general, I am not a huge fan of the the battle aspect because of that. 
because it is so it is it is super random and i and there there is a, a chance right where like you can just die <laughs> sometimes yeah i mean yeah, uh, yeah. your your whole strategy in in an rpg if you're if it's that kind of hack and slash rpg is that you're going to try to mitigate those dice rolls as much as you can yeah yeah but I think probably for you, you would be more of a storytelling RPG type game as so, opposed uh, to those hack and slash games. I'm still I'm still coming to terms with the whole experience. I okay. do like the idea of of encounters and and the battle and all that. But there is still again a part of that. It's like no, you rolled you know you rolled a one twice, and then <laughs> it's like that's like how dice get in dice jail. Yeah, yeah, got to put that one in dice jail. Um, like, so that you know, there there are th- certain things where, you know, I haven't had a, a DM who was out to kill me yet, so uh, it ha- it hasn't. I haven't had those experiences where I want to, you know, flip a table yet. But good DM shouldn't be that way anyway. They yeah. should be there to to create the story. Yeah, yeah. So, so by the way, mm-hmm, yeah, the first game I ever played where I had to swap places or swap things. See, I think you're talking about. Uno, which is a whole different thing when you have the swap card. But there was a game very early on, maybe in the late 70s, called the Mad Magazine game. And there was a card in that game that forced you to swap places with other players. Like you had to get up physically and go to the other side of the table. But it was just (laughs) such a random, crazy game that every time you played it, it was was fun. It wasn't upsetting when you had to swap cards. Yeah, yeah. It wasn't like when somebody's down to one card and their card is a swap card. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I played you Munchkin. trade with them and you're like, oh. Yeah. I played Munchkin a few years ago and I hated it because it was like one oh, of those Munchkin. things happened. Yeah. It's like, oh, yeah. That's no, totally it's... random and so is Flux. Yeah. Yeah. Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, I mean, going back to Monopoly for a second. Yeah. This is just, I, I, don't, I don't know how much you, you want to comment on this, but the Monopoly McDonald's game uh, was it, it, extremely uh, popular. Yes. Right? And there's a documentary coming out about all of the fraud that was involved in the original versions of 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 those games of those uh they're not really a game right like everybody could have a board and then the more you bought the more pieces you had and then you would um put them on the board and if you completed certain uh, properties or got all four railroads you would get different prizes yeah and and yeah like it it turns out that you know very fraudulent it was rigged from the start yeah yeah <laughs> And we all thought we were playing a semi, potentially we could win this game. That's why we kept buying Big Macs and larger right. sodas. No, Even I will supersize those fries because that one Big comes Macs in two pieces versus sodas. one. <laughs> supersize me the game. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> it was a good movie. Made me really rethink McDonald's. Not that I didn't already hate McDonald's, but. <laughs> All right. Well, um, I don't know. I, I'm sure that there are going to be a lot of people play Monopoly on Christmas Day or, or over this Christmas holiday. And I I don't know if we've enhanced your game or made you hate it more. Um, if you get anything from this. I don't know if people this. who play Monopoly would listen to this show. <laughs> Well, if you get anything from this, please listen to Brian. Do the right rules so that the game runs faster. You can you can play multiple times on uh, over vacation instead of just one game that spans three three days. If, like Brian said, the dog doesn't tip it over, the you know a toddler doesn't come over and like start chewing on the money or something. 
I'm afraid the t-shirt from this episode is listen to Brian follow the rules. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> pretty much, yeah. He's pretty sure that the rules are like he said they are. <laughs> oh, also, always buy the railroads, never buy the utilities. Okay. 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 Oh, so so actually, so clarify, if you land on a railroad or a utility, do the same rules apply? Do you have to buy them and they auction? Yes. Okay. Oh, uh, okay. Okay. I wasn't sure about that. Okay. Can you buy the jail? The current, the, the 2019 <laughs> version lets you buy the jail, and then whoever buys the jail is the richest person in the game. I will say, if you buy the utilities, never do it at full price. Just, you know, don't do gotcha. that. I like the idea of buy the jail, and then you have somebody who tries to um, change the, the legal system so that the jail is no longer full. <laughs> oh, yeah, no, and then you, you go, and if you have other properties, you just convert them to jails also. And you just keep, right? That's Say James that's, Infirmary Dale, Jail. Yeah, that's the world we live in right now. Um, oh, yeah. I'm in jail and boardwalk. Yep, yep. But if I'm in jail and boardwalk, at least I got a microwave in my cell. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> it's it's white collar crime over there. Yep. Yeah. It's it's a jail with a view. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, this is this is our Merry Christmas to our listeners. I hope this has been worth it to you. So I, I don't think we've done this in a while, but like, uh, there's usually like more ideas that spark from this from from an episode, a conversation. So yeah. I would definitely like to revisit that idea of like you know the the modification of certain games for like you know that that idea we've been hinting at um, modifying. Yeah, it we to really a, haven't ca- talked about just like modification as a whole and yeah. and how to maybe take a board game and modify it to your needs without necessarily turning it into an overly therapeutic game, yeah. but still providing the opportunity for people to make changes. Yeah. Or even, so, or, or the social commentary aspect, right. That we, that we've brought yeah. up a few times. So maybe those are two separate ideas. And, and the other one I was thinking of was, I forgot it. I had another one and I forgot. <laughs> I completely <laughs> left my mind. Okay. Damn. We'll fix it in post. I am old, Brian. Okay, <laughs> I am old. I know you're older, Not but I'm old. old. <laughs> I forgot. I forgot what it was. Um, I'm up here in the rafters of 52. You're not old. No, I'm not that old, but I'm I'm old. Um, Just because you haven't accepted it, Woody. <laughs> I keep forgetting I'm 52 and tell people I'm 51. See, you're getting There's old. There's something you for, genetic your, your that memory's is rebelling going. against age. It's it's called Alzheimer's. You're starting to forget things. Oh, don't even joke about that, Brian. <laughs> don't do it. I'm just I'm in a state of imagining just bitch slapping Brian so hard right now. Yeah. <laughs> Who can blame you? What I'm gonna do instead is next time he's playing at a table across from me, I'm gonna just massacre him in that game. It wouldn't be the first time. That's 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 true, but I guess I have to do it in some game that you are particularly good at, so that I'll feel better about it. Yeah, good luck finding one. <laughs> there are games. <laughs> I still can't remember, so we can go. <laughs> you can wrap it up. <laughs> okay. <laughs> that's right. We're stalling for time. Yeah, for thank Hosway. you. Thank you, but you know, it didn't. It didn't. We're work. changing the name of the podcast. It's not rolling for change anymore. It's stalling for time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Stalling for Josue. Stalling for Josue. Waiting for Josue. That's even better than like waiting for Guffman. <laughs> or Godot. <laughs>
So sweet coming, I don't know, but we'll just keep talking until he gets here. Yep. Thank you. <laughs> Perhaps one day Josue will be here. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> All right, guys. Thanks so much for spending this uh we're four days before Christmas here, right? Four, five? Yeah. Four days. Uh thanks for spending your part of your Christmas holiday with me talking about Monopoly. I'm gonna go find a a, a good game to play somewhere. Not Monopoly. <laughs> Oh, and, and everyone else, uh, if you're not too drunk right now, keep on rolling for change. Yay! Ooh. Thanks so much for listening to Rolling for Change, a proud member of the Geek Therapy Network. If you want to geek out and do good, set your browser to network.geektherapy.com. To contact Rolling for Change, you can email us. We are gamers at rollingforchange.com. Our Twitter handle is at rollforchange. You can comment on our episodes at the forums at forum.geektherapy.com or you can join our Discord party. That is geektherapy.com forward slash Discord. Our theme music is composed by Rocket Scientists. You can find their music over at bandcamp.com and wherever you find great music. Once again, thanks so much for listening. Merry Christmas and keep on rolling for change.